Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 13 of Pigskins and Nylon. I'm Wally Lukashensky and I'm joined once again by my great friends and co-host Casey Mock and Hayden Ramsey. We got another fun show lined up for you guys today, but first, let's say hello to the boys, Hayden, Casey, what's going on fellas? What's up fellas? Excited to take a little break, see your pretty faces. It's been a pretty busy week for me work at you know 7:45 and then football 3 to 9 had a 7 on 7 last night we didn't do as well as what we did last Thursday but still a lot of things that i saw that are positive i would say but you know it's fun you know fo- coaching football doesn't really even feel like a job it kind of just flies by decent week of recruiting not too much happened um the updated 247 rankings which i think hayden will get to i i didn't really get to look at all of it so i'm excited to hear hayden dive into that but overall man having football practices at night man it's getting it's getting me going for football season cannot wait until college football this season so many good storylines so many good games but other than that i'm just living life how you doing hayden Oh, I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm really excited. I think we calculated in our in our little group text that we have about four four ish weeks until until college football games are happening. So I'm really excited about that. Got a little break this week from football in my own personal life. Head coach was out of town, so we kind of took three ish three. We're recording on a Wednesday, so we took Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. So it was a nice small break, but we're gonna get back after it tomorrow. Get rolling because we're we're about to start up with like official practice here in about a week and a half. So gearing up for that, man. I I'm in the last week of one of my classes, so you know I got a a ten page paper due on Saturday that I, of course I it haven't started yet as of Wednesday afternoon. So I got to get that rolling here. But other than that, living the dream. Yeah, we're actually what. From this Saturday, we're five Saturdays away from week zero starting in college football. Following week, we'll get that Ohio State-Minnesota game on Thursday. It's going to be a fun month here in the lead-up. As we get closer, we'll have a preview show, which that's when it really starts here. That's when it's going to be a lot of fun for us because we're going to get to actually talk about what's happening on the field. Because right now, you guys at home, I'm sure, are very much in the same boat we are. There's not a ton to talk about across sports right now besides MLB baseball right now. But yeah, on my end, it's been a lot of fun this last week. I watched the Pirates basically steal the show in in the All-Star game. I don't care what anybody says. We had like three putouts, which was a big deal for us, in a single. So basically, they sold the show. Basically, the the entire All-Star climate was around the Pirates. So it was a good time. Casey's giving me the thumbs down. I'm sure part of that has to do with the opening series in the second half, the Pirates being a collapse on Sunday away from getting a sweep against the Mets. So, been a fun little time here for me. But otherwise, yeah, not a lot uh, on my end. The only thing I would say is congrats to our Badger listeners because there's a very good chance that they're also Milwaukee Bucks fans. So, congratulations to the whole state of Wisconsin. That's a very exciting time for them, I'm, I'm sure. Did you guys see Giannis go um, order order the 50-piece Nuggets from uh, Chick Fil A. Oh, that that I thought that was hilarious. He said, "Not not fifty one, not forty nine, 
50. It was brilliant, obviously, coming off the 50-point performance. But on top of that, too, the actual move to cut the lemonade in half. It was half Sprite, half lemonade. This guy's running Milwaukee. He's just up there making every custom order he wants right now. But let's just jump right into it. We got a new edition of our Big Ten Big Five today. Casey came up with the idea of doing our favorite Big Ten athletes of all time. So this is going to be fun. We're going to, I'm going to try my best to either only have two or three Buckeyes on the list and then branch out, but we'll see. I know Hayden was talking earlier about having a very Buckeye-dominated list. Who knows, maybe Casey has a Michigan-dominated one. But without further ado, we'll let one of you guys take it away. Hayden, we'll actually go with you first. Let's get heavy Buckeye talk going here early. So what are your top five favorite college athletes of all time? Could be basketball, could be football, but that's mine are going to be pretty much all football. Just heads up for everybody. Yeah, I, I went strictly football for – I actually have two lists. I have a Buckeyes one and I have a non-Buckeye uh, one. So <laughs> let, let me just blow through the Ohio State one real quick. Because no one will find this interesting. Uh, number one, actually, I'll start at number five. Do you guys want me to explain why I have these players on the list, or do you just want me to get through them quick since I have like ten total? Yeah, get get through the Buckeyes list, and then let's hear your explanation on your non-Buckeyes. I think I think that would be good. I That's like that I idea hear, at least. for sure. But I was gonna say, if you're going to give us your top two Buckeyes, you can give us a quick reasoning why those two might be that high on your Buckeye list. But I agree with Casey. Let's hear some outside of that as well. Okay, so let me roll through my five through three Ohio State list. I have one, or no, no, I have number five being Michael Thomas. Number four, Malik Hooker. These are all from like the present, the Urban Meyer and on era, okay? And three, I have Curtis Samuel, okay? Number two, and I'm going to get a lot of hate from Wally on this one. He can already guess my number two. J.C. Barrett, I have him on my list. Guy is just the ultimate winner. He's just a straight winner. You can say whatever you want about his quarterback attributes, and he might not be the most talented quarterback, but he's just a straight winner. And then my number one is is Zeke, and I will never forget that, that three-game stretch that he had down, I guess, down the stretch. Uh, when they were winning that national title a few years back. So those are my five Ohio State ones. Any comments on those real quick? To keep it short, absolutely not. You know what I'd say about JT. I'm sure the people will, but I really like Zeke being number one there for you, Hayden. I'm surprised you don't have more defenders on there. Bosa brothers, Chase Young, linebackers. I know you love Tough Borland. It's t- I do have one defender, and, you know, Malik Raekwon. Hooker. Raekwon. Oh, I, I, Raekwon is a big one. I just I don't think I can include him on my top five. You know I love Raekwon. I remember, I remember you were jacked when he committed to Ohio State, and then, I mean, he ended up being a pretty good player for him, too. That's one that surprised me that was not on your list. Yeah. All right, are we ready for the non-Buckeyes here? And I don't have a ton to say about a lot of them. Especially in my number five, okay? Number five, and this one kind of is cheating a little bit, I think. I have Stefan Diggs, and Maryland came into the conference in 2014, I believe it was. And he was done at Maryland in 2015, so we didn't get a huge sample size. And a, a lot of the guys that I have on these lists made pretty big impacts in the pros as well. 
So it's not a strictly college list, I guess. Okay. Number four, I have J.J. Watt. And I have never heard anybody say a bad thing about J.J. Watt. Like, ever. He is like... He appears to be one of the most nice, sincere people that, you know, that we have in our game. Maybe that makes me a little bit soft, but that really draws me towards him a little bit. Um, so that's why I included him on my list. Number three, I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. I'm not usually a big anything with Penn State. I really can't stand him too much. But that guy was so good in college. And one of the moments, and I... I'll never forget this as well was I was, I was at the shoot watching an Ohio state Penn state game and Saquon took back that opening kickoff. And that's something that I just, I can't get out of my mind. He was, he was just electric in college. Number two, I have a big Wisconsin guy. Can anybody guess him? Big Wisconsin guy. Are we talking O line? Cause I would have said Joe Thomas. We are good. Yes, it is Joe Thomas. He's another one of those guys that I, you know, he played for the Browns for the longest time, and I don't know if I've ever heard a bad thing about him either. He's one of those guys that just seemed to love being around the game, you know, and he was on some not very good Browns teams, but I didn't have time to look up his personal accolades in the NFL, but I'm sure that he made some more personal accomplishments than his team did. Number one, I and this one I think is fairly obvious, but maybe maybe you guys don't have him on your list. I would think you would. Uh, Drew Brees. You know, I don't remember a ton about his college career. That was a little, you know, a little early for me. But he was in the NFL for obviously a long time. Was really, really good. Played on some fantastic teams. And I feel like I'm just a broken record. But have you heard a bad thing about Drew Brees, really? He seems like a great guy. Outside of this last year with the whole political discussion, there's not really been a bad word said about him. Yeah, and that kind of slipped my mind. I, I didn't really think about that. Good point. But those are my those are my top five. So if you have any thoughts, let me know. You have one guy on your top five that I have in my top five. That's it. Who do you think it is? I'm gonna. I I think you probably included J.J. Watt. Are you ready for my list? So my top five favorite Big Ten athletes of all time, starting at number five, I have Chase Young. That 2019 season, I mean, you could argue that had he not been suspended those wow. two games, he was on pace to have probably the greatest output production that a defensive end has had. The dude was a freak athlete. I, I love freak athletes. LeBron, DK Metcalf. I think Chase Young is in that category, too. I think now that he's gone from Ohio State, I can appreciate him a little bit more now. But, you know, re-watching film, and I remember thinking while he was at Ohio State, it was like, man, this dude is really fun to watch. He was truly a dominant force. Number four, Tom Brady. Like Hayden said with, you know, some of his athletes that he had, you don't really hear a bad thing about Tom Brady other than the flake gate, which, I mean, I don't really know how how much that really played into that game anyway. I'm pretty sure they beat him by like 31 points. But I had to include my favorite quarterback of all time on the list, even though he had an average to above average career at Michigan. You know, I, I had to include Tom Brady on here. 
And Hayden, I'm surprised you didn't since you just got your team a Super Bowl win. But whatever. Recency bias. And, and yeah, I can't you do. know, I guess. You know, Brady had a good two years at Michigan, in my opinion. People like to crap on him for not really beating out Drew Henson or whatever. They didn't even want him as the starter. Well, yeah, when you got, you know, God's gift to earth and Drew Henson, you know, you got to give him an opportunity, I guess. But I don't know. Professionally, Brady's career probably didn't plan out like he would have liked it to. But, you know, he's still probably borderline Hall of Famer. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Brady is the GOAT, and <laughs> there's no one even close to him right now. All right, moving on. Number three, Saquon Barkley. Dude was and is still very fun to watch. He seems to have a good head on his shoulders, too. I think his versatility at Penn State was something that, you know, opposing defenses and, like Hayden mentioned, special teams units had to stay up late for preparing for the guy. And he's and he's built rock solid, another freak athlete, in my opinion. Number two, I have Charles Woodson. You know, although I was young when he was in college, I, I rooted for him in the pros because he was a baller and he seemed like a really good guy. But I think more so after Woodson retired, I, I really love his passion for Michigan football. Although I'm not a fan anymore, I really admire his desire his desire for them to get back on the right track. And I, in my opinion, he's easily one of the most versatile defensive back players that ever live. And then number one, I went with Nick Stauskas. <laughs> University of Michigan basketball player from 2012 to 2014. I remember, I, so 2012 to 2013 was my senior year of basketball. And every time I'd shoot a three, I would say Stauskas. And then I remember Coach Noel kind of, Kind of loved it and caught on to it too. But Stauskas was my guy from day one. I, what I really admired about him was that he fit into his role really well. His freshman year, he was a catch-and-shoot guy that averaged around 10 points a game. And then took a big step his sophomore year and I think averaged like 17, 18 points a game or something and won Big Ten Player of the Year. So yeah, Stauskas was my guy. That's why he's number one. I love how Stauskas is on your list. I, I'm, for obvious reasons, I couldn't put any Michigan guys on mine, but if I were to, he probably would be on my list. I really appreciate that you went with truly your favorite players, Casey, because that was how I went about this list. It was less of the best players and more who I loved watching growing up. Going back to what you said, Hayden, I also was looking at some of those guys that were a little bit before our time. Casey, I know you had a couple guys I think I might have put on my list had I gone that route. But like for me, if I had put people before we were really watching, I love watching the Plaxico Burris highlights, Tyrone Wheatley, Charles Woodson, obviously, because he was a great Raider. And going back, he's just electric to watch at the college game. You want to talk about versatility. The guy was unreal. But I really wanted to cheat and put in Dom Kinsu on the list, but since it was still in the Big 12 days, I couldn't do it. But without further ado, I'm going to go with two Buckeyes on my list to kind of make this a little balanced here. But just to get those out of the way, my top two Buckeyes were Ezekiel Elliott and Chris Gamble. Chris Gamble was really a part of that Ohio State team that brought me into college football to become a real diehard when I was young. I was like nine. It was like arguably probably the first or second year I genuinely sat down and watched all the time which made it extra special that we got to see a guy, again, do you want to talk about versatility? The guy was playing on all sides of the ball. He was offense, defense, and special teams that year. 
it was really cool and something you didn't see a lot at that time. It was kind of getting phased out a little bit. But then Ezekiel Elliott, I got, I mean, I was in school at that point at the beginning and I got lucky enough to go down and see that national title game at Jerry's World. And that, if there was ever a chance that Ezekiel Elliott wasn't going to be my number one, being there for that national title game to see the end of that three-game stretch, I couldn't help but <laughs> fall in love with the guy. He's he's that guy for me now. So for me, forever, I think Zeke's my favorite Buckeye. But then going in outside of that, going a little outside of the Ohio State realm, Abdul Hodge, I don't know how many of you guys remember him when we were growing up, linebacker for Iowa. He was one of these guys that, it was back in that era where we saw the Brian Erlackers, Ray Lewis's, Zach Thomas's get like 15, 16 tackles a game in the NFL, but we didn't necessarily see it all the time at the college level. But no matter where the ball was, wherever the tackle took place on the field, you could always expect to see Abdul Hodge right there. And it was just a lot of fun because I was back in the Big Ten era where there were 10-7 games where I'm a, a dinosaur and like the old school defense. So to see a guy like that make such an impact on that Iowa team, I always loved him. And then a little cheat here. I'm going to do a slash. Chris Borland and Derek Landish. Derek Landis is a cheat because he played high school with me, so I really was excited to watch his career at Wisconsin. But at that same period, the reason we didn't see Derek Landish play as much at middle linebacker is because Chris Borland was arguably putting on one of the best linebacking performances careers in Big Ten history, and the guy still would be playing at a high level in the NFL had it not been for his decision to retire early from concussions and head-related pro- or trauma and stuff like that, which is a shame for us football fans, but credit to him, he knew what he want. But then last but not least, I went with Lamar Woodley. He was a guy, I know that he's a Michigan Wolverine, but he was in that era where Michigan was still Michigan, and that defense, especially, I was going to say he was there in the 06 year, I want to rem- if I'm remembering correctly, and that defense for Michigan was top-notch for the first 11 games of that season. Of course, they went to Ohio State and there was a slugfest, a shootout, where both defenses kind of underperformed, and then they both got embarrassed in their respective bowl games. But the first 11 games of that season, Lamar Woodley coming off the edge, he was just everything you wanted, and that effort was always there. You want to talk about a high-motor player? And then to see him, even for one year, get to play with the Raiders later on, it was kind of a cool little treat because I went from hating him his entire career with Michigan and Pittsburgh, but then he got to go to Oakland. I finally got to actually root for the the talent there that I really enjoyed seeing. So it's a little bit of all over the place for mine, but I think that's my top five. It was really hard for me to eliminate a lot of these Buckeye names, though. I'm not going to lie to you. Wow. So Lamar Woodley's your number one overall favorite player all time. Well, settle down there. I'm not (laughs) like you guys with the whole hardcore set order. My Buckeyes were naturally 1-2, and it was more of a sprinkle after there. Of non-Buckeyes, I probably would have to say Abdul Hodge. It was, he was just so fun to watch. Like I said, he was always in the play, no matter where it was on the field. I just love that kind of hustle. Yeah, I do remember Abdul Hodge, too. So that that's pretty awesome that you had him on there. I love it, Casey. That's what I'm talking about. Hayden, you have any thoughts? Or are you ready to jump into topics here? I do not remember that guy, like at all. That would have been probably... I think you wore number 52. It was it was something in mid-50s. I couldn't remember if it was like low 50s or it might be 55, but 52 sounds right. Then he's my all-time favorite player now. 
Yeah, what is your reasoning for loving 52? I know that when we do this, you're, you have a 52 in your email, so I'm interested to know why that's your number. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I don't really know. I guess when we were in junior high, we were picking out numbers for football, and when I got up to pick, I, I obviously was an offensive lineman. I had to pick one in the 50s or 60s or 70s, I guess. And I did not want to be in the 60s particularly, so I went with the 50s, and I think 52 was the only one uh, <laughs> that we had. So uh, stuck it out through junior high, and then I just rode with it from there. And funny enough, it was 52 at Iowa, and he was 55 with Green Bay. So for whatever reason, those numbers just attached in my brain, and I couldn't disassociate. But yeah, good call, Casey. He was 52 with Iowa. But yeah, Hayden, he, I want to say that he played in that era of like 2006, 2005 range. So you would have probably still been in that, what, 10 years old or so. So it, it might have been a little before your time. But even either way, it's worth going back to look up either his box scores, box stats, I sh- guess I should say, or some highlights because he was, he was a very entertaining player to watch. Sounds like something I'm going to do tonight. That's what I like to hear. You better do that tonight and let us know what you think later on. But that's a good place for us to jump into our topics now. Not a ton of stuff happening this week. So this is going to be a little bit an abbreviated episode for you guys, which you probably can't expect up until our preview show, just because, again, there's not a lot to talk about. But our first thing that we need to address, and it's a little bit of a bummer here for Big Ten fans, or at least Minnesota Golden Gopher fans, but Marcus Carr... He decided this week that he is transferring to Texas. So now, not only are they replacing Richard Pitino this year with Ben Johnson, now they have to try to do that impossible job of replacing Marcus Carr, one of the better point guards in all the Big Ten. I don't know what to say positive about this Minnesota team. I think we're looking at another bottom-of-the-barrel finish here in the Big Ten, but I'd love to hear what you guys' thoughts were when you first saw he's going to Texas and, I guess, the overall state of Minnesota basketball. Yeah, my initial thoughts was it was a great pickup for Texas. I mean, good lord, this guy this guy was pretty good. RIP to Minnesota. Um, I don't think they'll they'll be very good this year. It, it's tough luck for them. I don't know. I think he will do pretty good at Texas. So good luck to him. Marcus Carr, I felt was Minnesota's most important player last year too, and, and, and the previous year as well. It seemed like if if he had a bad game. Minnesota was there's just no shot and I think that you saw his potential and ability to lead teams because last year you know Minnesota they were one of the really worst teams in the Big Ten after well I think 13 13-ish games but they beat the breaks off of Michigan and they beat the breaks off of Ohio State as well I agree with you Hayden i I can't see Minnesota basketball really making any noise in the Big Ten next year with losing Marcus Carr. It's a shame, too, because we really have seen a fall-off of Minnesota here in the last 10, 15 years, because they were kind of that Iowa-ish basketball team for a long stretch where you could depend on them being a 10 to 25 team almost every year. And now, like you guys are saying, it's, I mean, this is like the dark days for Minnesota basketball. We're going to be talking about them winning a very select few Big Ten basketball games this year. And it's just unfortunate for them because, I mean, you guys already said it. With When Carr had a bad game last year, 
the last couple of years, Minnesota was nothing. And you got to see what the highs could look like in those games that they beat up on Ohio State and Michigan. But then if you could take Carr away, even for a little bit, like even the second time around for Ohio State when they played them in the Big Ten Championship, or the Big Ten Tournament, excuse me, they were, what, down 14 with two minutes to go, and Carr leads that comeback where they had a chance to win the game with less than 10 seconds left. And luckily for Ohio State fans, I think Carr actually missed a three-pointer that would have given them a lead. But credit to Texas. They not only look like Big 12 possible favorites in that conference, but they look like a team that could realistically be a threat in March next year with this acquisition. So poor Minnesota, man. Not much good to say. I don't know about you guys. My thought is Texas basketball is on fire right now. I, they just landed a, a big-time recruit. I forget what his name was, but I think Chris Beard has that thing rolling in the right direction, and, and that was a great hire for him. I feel like I feel like Marcus Carr was one of those guys that, especially in the late game, that dude – while they talked about the like a three pointer at the end to possibly you know take the lead, I am so shocked that I feel like every time a guy like him shoots it, it's going in. I don't know how Minnesota's gonna have to try to. I don't think they can, but they're gonna be in some trouble. Yeah, the only thing you can think of is that coaching change. Who knows? Maybe they can get a little little momentum on the recruiting trail. But right now, I mean, they're just. Not a lot of good that comes out of that that area in Minneapolis right now as far as for basketball. But yeah, who would have thought that it took Shaka Smart leaving Texas for Texas to be back in basketball? Crazy time for them, but good luck to Texas down there. Probably won't talk too much about them. But let's transfer now to someone who went into the transfer portal and didn't decide to leave. Kofi Coburn actually decided to come back to Illinois, much to the surprise of the three of us, as you've been listening here the last month, we were talking about if you go into the transfer portal, we figure it was all but done, which was very much not the case here. He's back. He sounds very excited to be back. And all of a sudden, Illinois, they're at least in that conversation again with Michigan to at least have a shot to win a Big Ten title, whether that be regular season or the tournament. But what were you guys' first takeaways for him decide to go back to Illinois instead of going to Kentucky or Florida State? Dang it. That's all I got. Not happy. I think this this is really hurts for Michigan fans because if he wasn't at Illinois this coming year, we already talked about it, how Michigan was going to be not only conference favorites, but that they'd be, you know, in the running to win a national title. And I'm not saying anything really changes, but Illinois with, with him coming back is going to be really, really good, just like they were last year. My guy, Andre Curbelo, is fantastic and he's going to take a huge step forward. So that's going to be that's going to be an amazing game to watch with with Kofi back. Yeah, no, this was massive, but I really I other than the prospect of Michigan having a little bit of competition now for the Big 10 hardware, I don't necessarily see this as too much of a negative. If anything, couldn't you make that case that this could actually make Michigan more battle-tested once you get into the actual tournament that you're going to be going up against one of these colossal giants yet for another year. I don't think that this is honestly anything bad for Michigan. Again, if you exclude the regular season and the Big Ten tournament hopes. But on the whole, this is good for the conference. It gives 
I think the the Big Ten a second actual title hopeful, or at least somebody that could go on a little bit of a run and make a push in March because with losing Dwayne Washington, I think you you probably can put Ohio State out of that national title hopeful list now. Now it feels like, unless I'm forgetting anyone, it's these two teams. Before it was all the eggs for the Big Ten were in the Michigan basket. Now at least you get to delve out a little bit into Illinois as well. Then bringing back Trent Frazier again as well, it brings back even more veteran leadership. Another guy that knows how painful that loss was to end the year. And what it means to actually get into the tournament and show up in that. I mean, we saw what happened with Virginia. Sometimes taking those horrible bumps a year before can actually help a team later on. Uh, but yeah, my, my main thoughts or takeaways on this was good for the Big Ten. I wouldn't worry all that much, though, if I'm a Michigan Wolverine fan. Well, let's get into our final main topic here today before we get into our recruiting breakdown brought to you by Casey and Hayden here. But Big Ten Media Day is tomorrow, which is Thursday. So today, for you listeners, by the time that you're getting to this, it'll be at Lucas Oil Stadium. I guess the first question here, and I'm happy that one of you put it on the rundown. What do you guys overall think of Media Days? Because truth be told, outside of a couple sound bites here and there, it really doesn't do too much for me. I, I feel like you're getting very vanilla answers, unless it's Jim Harbaugh accidentally walking into a bad, what, expression that pisses Ryan Day and Ohio State off. Like, that's as high as Media Day gets. So what are your thoughts on Media Day as a whole, and is there anybody you're looking forward to hearing from? Typically, I don't get too hyped up about Media Day. However, this year, I think there are some pretty interesting storylines. I'm interested to see what clues Ryan Day gives about the quarterback battle, if he gives any at all. It'll be interesting. Uh, probably the biggest thing that I want to hear is from Jim Harbaugh and what the heck Michigan football has been doing. They've had a really quiet spring. Spring game wasn't televised. No fans in attendance. Just haven't been hearing much from the Michigan camp, so I'd be interested to see what he has to say. And, and you know, he's always, he's always kind of quirky. So I'm sure he'll say another interesting soundbite that people all over the internet will use. But also, sorry, sorry if I'm stealing everyone's thunder here, but I, I want to hear what the athletes say about the new NIL stuff and, and what they're doing with it, what the, how the school is helping with, with these guys. I'm not sure they're going to dive into that, but I'm sure someone's going to ask a question. I hope somebody does um, because I'm really interested to hear what, the player's perspective is of it. I'm like Wally. I, I don't get too uh, spiced up over it at all. But kind of Casey hit on it just a little bit. I hope Jim Harbaugh stays in the in the big time forever because I'm I, just like you said. I'm sure he'll have some some sort of quote or some saying or something that that will get people either one riled up or think, "What the hell is this guy talking about?" I feel like every every time he's he's at a press conference or any sort of media gathering, he says something a little weird. So I'll definitely be on the lookout for that. The second thing about media day that makes me happy or excited, I guess, is that we're almost there. We are almost ready to start the season, and that always gives me a little bit of hope. No, that's a great point. This really is kind of one of those last hurdles we have to get through to get to the season. For me, I guess the only people that I'm actually really looking forward to 
when I go into these, it's either the newly hired head coaches or the coaches on the hot seat, typically. So since you already touched on Harbaugh, I'll just say Brett Bielma, I'm interested to hear what he has to say if he actually believes that Illinois has legs to get back and be an actual relevant piece in the Big Ten. Because honestly, they haven't been for, what, a decade? Maybe a little more, probably going back to those 07, 08 era. But then beyond that, I want to hear what Scott Frost has to say. Obviously, the seat's getting a little hotter in Nebraska. They have very high expectations there. Doesn't look like you're going to have too much of an improvement from that team, especially with the schedule they have. So I want to kind of get a gauge to see if he feels the seat is hot. You know, if you have those quick answers. Typically, they're a little annoyed and feeling the pressure a little bit. But if he's calm and collective, maybe, who knows, he's got either a little reassurance from the AD, new AD that we talked about last week. But then last thing I'll say, Kevin Warren didn't get to actually talk at a media day last year. So this is realistically the first time we get to hear about his vision for the Big Ten, what he thinks that can be improved, what he plans to do. So that's the only three, I guess, that I'm really honed in on. But I actually really liked what Casey said, too, about the NIL. So that'll be something, I guess, that there'll probably be a fun soundbite out there. Just something to keep your eye on. Yeah, well, I'm actually glad you brought up Kevin Warren because I actually read that they extended his speaking time for 15 minutes, an extra 15 minutes, which is a a very interesting move by either him or the Big Ten itself after all the controversy and heat that this guy has taken over the last year to give him an extra 15 minutes thrown him, thrown him to the wolves a little bit, I guess. We'll see how, how that goes for him and if and if any big time news comes out of out of the the forty five minutes that he'll be with the media, that's a good point. I I didn't actually realize they had an additional fifteen minutes planned for him. So yeah, that'll be something we need to keep our eyes on a little bit here. Should be as interesting as a media day can get. As I mean, considering that typically it's just the hey, what are you going to do differently this year? So now we have a little bit to actually look forward to. Well, let's go into our last bit, our weekly recruiting update brought to us by you two. Casey, I know this is your baby. We'll let you go first here. Let us know what's been going on this last week, buddy. I actually think Hayden has a couple commits that he wants to touch on since the new 247 sports rankings came out, so I'll let Hayden go first. Oh, thanks. I, I'll make this this real quick. 24-7 sports always comes out with their... Uh, updated recruiting rankings after, you know, I, I think they do it quarterly, so four times a year, obviously. But there was a couple of big, big movers that I really wanted to hit on, and it's only three guys here, so I'll be real quick, and then we can get to Casey. The first guy I want to talk about is Drew Alar, who is a Penn State commit, and is actually from the great state of Ohio. He moved up into the top 65 players in the new 24-7 sports rankings and you know this this is an interesting guy to me because if Ohio State didn't have the number one quarterback in the nation this guy would be a definite take and I would imagine would be in their class so it'll be interesting to see how you know that moves forward in the future and you know how he does against his home state school another guy is another Penn State commit, Nicholas Singleton. And I think Casey talked about him a little bit last week. In the new update, he is now 
the number one running back in the class of 22. I, I forget what his actual ranking is, but I think he is in the top uh, 30. So a pretty good jump for him. Still a, a high, high four-star, pushing towards that five-star category. Uh, and then the last guy I want to talk about here is Terrence Brooks, who uh, I think Casey once again talked about last week. He is an Ohio State commit, a defensive back. He moved up from number 102 all the way to 66, so almost a 60-spot a jump, which is pretty significant. Normally, I'm not too jazzed up about, you know, jumps and ranking or jumps or declines in rankings but you can after two or three updates if you notice a trend you can really start seeing what these recruiting people think of these players and in their trajectory towards the future so those are the three guys i kind of want to mention I'll, I'll throw it over to casey he can kind of hit on uh i don't know if you're going to talk about commits or crystal balls or what you're going to talk about today but go ahead buddy so i'm just going to hit on some commits today since we're you know, dinner a little bit shorter of a show, but I just wanted to touch on, you know, the three that you mentioned that that is for our listeners that those are significant jumps for those players, you know, moving up 30, 35, 40 spots is really a big deal when it comes to, you know, the, the rating, I guess, of the players. However, I, in my opinion, I think this 22 class is going to be one of the least accurate classes in terms of the ratings just because the kids didn't have a season last year we're just now kind of getting into form of of football and I I know some kids did have seasons last year but with the travel restrictions and such I I can't imagine that the evaluators are going to be able to have the most accurate evaluation of these players but with that being said I'll move on to the commits that we had within the past week. Penn State snagged another four-star running back, Katron Allen out of Florida. I know I mentioned this last week, but I thought it was interesting that he was still trending and obviously eventually committed to Penn State because, like Hayden mentioned, they do have the number one running back in the class also committed. But they did get three-star safety Jordan Allen out of Louisiana. I thought that was an interesting get, too. I wonder if he has ties to the Penn State area. Because typically you don't see Penn State go to Louisiana to pick up some recruits. Rutgers, man, they got another good one. They got a pretty solid four-star linebacker, Moses Walker, out of New York. Kudos to Greg Schiano, man. With with the new updated composite rankings, I'm pretty sure Rutgers has a better average than what Michigan does. And Michigan has a five-star recruit, but I've... I mean, we could talk about that all day. Michigan had some guys drop significantly in the composite rankings. But moving on with the recruits, Michigan State got three-star defensive lineman Chase Carter out of Minnesota. Maryland got three-star athlete Levain Scruggs out of Maryland. Northwestern got three-star edge rusher Otto Saka out of Maryland. I, I know I botched that name, I think, a couple weeks ago, but he did end up committing to Northwestern. Within the past week, Illinois got a pretty solid uh, three-star wide receiver, Sean Miller, out of Florida. I believe he goes to IMG Academy. So finishing up the commits here, Illinois also got three-star athlete Aiden Laffery out of Illinois. Nebraska got three-star defensive lineman Hayden Swartz out of Florida. He was actually, a few months ago, he was trending Michigan, so that was a, that was a pretty good grab for Nebraska. And then Iowa got three-star tight end Addison Oh, man, I'm going to botch this. Ostranga 
out of Wisconsin. He's he's a pretty solid kid, like 6'6", 225, I think. And also, we had two big uh, significant basketball commits. Nebraska got four-star small forward Ramel Lloyd Jr. And Illinois got four-star combo guard Jaden Epps. I mean, two solid commits for some Big Ten schools. Are there any commits, whether basketball or football, that stood out to you guys? I'll tell you what, Nebraska basketball. Talk about momentum from a place you didn't expect momentum. That's going to be one of the like weird... I think people outside the Big Ten won't care about or probably won't know about the talent that Nebraska's brought in in the last few months. People in the conference, the fans here, we're going to really pay a lot of attention to that Nebraska team. It could be one of the best seasons you'd imagine in their history if the McGowan brothers can do well, and now they bring in other young pieces too. Who knows, maybe this could be the start of Nebraska actually being kind of respectable when it comes to Big Ten hoops. Something that, that stood out to me, and you kind of hinted at it, Casey, but you know, Penn State just got another running back commit after they already have, uh, you know, the number one running back in the class, 22. So, you know, that's that's very interesting to, interesting to me. Maybe they can do some interesting things. You know, maybe one can play a little bit of receiver, too. Um, I don't know too, too much about them. That's always interesting when you get two high-profile yeah, guys coming in at the same at the same position. Yeah, that's exactly what Ohio State did this past year. They had the number one running back, Travion Henderson. And, you know, you, you kind of figured that when Henderson committed to Ohio State, because I believe he did first, or, or was Evan Pryor committed first? I don't know. Either way, I thought Evan Pryor, uh, you know, would decommit and go to Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, or something like that. But, no, he stuck it out. I'm sure they have a plan for him, and I'm sure that Penn State really sold Katron Allen on whatever plan that they have moving forward for him as well. This came out this last hour here, so we're going to put it in here as kind of this impromptu topic. It doesn't directly, I guess, affect the Big Ten right away, but it will in the long term, you'd imagine, whether it comes to recruiting or this arms race that conferences have trying to bring in big names to your conference, but... By now, if you're a college football fan, you have heard Oklahoma and Texas have inquired about potentially joining the SEC. This is something we probably won't know, I guess, the definitive answer for for quite a little while here. It looks like we're probably weeks away from that. But in the idea in the world that Texas and Oklahoma joined their former brothers in Texas A&M in the SEC, this is going to be a huge shakeup to not only recruiting, but who knows? You know, remember what it was like ten years ago with the arms race of trying to like vulture the Nebraska's, the you know the Maryland's, the Texas A&M, Colorado to Pac-12. There's a lot of realignment. Could we see this kind of be the first domino to potentially see other schools leave their conferences? And who knows? Maybe we'd be looking at a couple super conferences here before too long. Yeah, absolutely. If Texas and Oklahoma leave the Big 12. The Big 12 is done. There's no way that they're going to continue that conference, which means it would significantly impact the Big 10, in my opinion, because, you know, you got some quality teams and some quality schools in both basketball and football that would be essentially up for grabs. And the first two that come to mind that seem like a great fit for the Big 10 uh, would be Iowa State and West Virginia. The Big 12 kind of 
being eliminated not only impacts the Big 12 and SEC Big Ten. Like other, in my opinion, I think other schools are going to be moving around too. I think that SEC might be trying to get rid of, you know, a Vanderbilt to bring in a UCF kind of thing. You know, I think if that happens, we're going to have four power conferences and we're going to get, you know, 15 to 20 teams in each conference, which I think would be really fun. I think we'd have some of the higher group of five teams start joining bigger conferences or the power four conference. I think it'd be fun, but I'm I'm sure they're in the early talks of it and probably years from happening. How fun would in, in, you know, that hypothetical situation, if Iowa state were to join the big 10, how fun would that be to when we talk about Matt Campbell now and in possible, you know, we always talk about him jumping to a bigger school, i.e. potentially Michigan. How fun would that be to talk about, you know, if Iowa State were in the conference now, you're, you're all of a sudden you're jumping from a conference school to a conference school to try and bring a head coach in. Really fascinating stuff. You talked about football teams joining what about Kansas? Kansas for basketball would be would be something that would be, you know, huge for the conference. They are historically good. You know, they're good every single year. That could bring you know a little bit of a different juice to the to the Big Ten. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, but I think their football program is just into in shambles right now. And then plus bringing in Bill Self and all the the scumminess that he's had go on at Kansas. I. I don't know. I just couldn't see Kansas joining the Big Ten, probably the SEC. But, I mean, SEC is so football dominant that I don't know if they'd even want a Kansas either. Kansas going to the SEC, it'd be such a sacrificial lamb situation when it comes to the football schedule. They'd lose each week by 40. I mean, they're already doing that in the Big 12. I mean, imagine them starting to face Alabama. Like That's just – like Alabama taking a trip – They'll play in front of what? Probably 20,000 people there in Kansas. And there's like 3,000 people there that actually show up. That'd be insane. But what it does turn into is it is a big 12 yard sale. And then all of a sudden you're going to see potentially other conferences or teams that might feel like there's a better fit elsewhere. They're going to start moving. I don't think that I I heard you say, Casey, uh, West Virginia. I think of them more of the ACC just because they get a lot of those traditional Big East rivalries back that way. The schools that popped in my head, I agree, Iowa State, I feel like it's a natural fit. You have their rival in Iowa. That'd be a lot of fun to have them in the same division. But then beyond that, I know they're not the same after Bill Snyder obviously retired, but Kansas State, I know they're not the perfect fit, but they're a solid basketball team typically. They're at least, they're kind of that Nebraska-ish tier for football, maybe slightly below, maybe slightly above, depending on the year. I think that'd be a good fit. But it'd be a lot of fun to see how this goes because the Big 12 really would just dissolve overnight. If you had to choose one team, and this goes obviously football and basketball, you could only choose one Big 12 team. Who would you guys bring in? You can't take Oklahoma or Texas in this scenario. Oh, I was going to say that'd be a really easy answer if uh, we were able to. But... Gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to think on it. I want to see if Hayden has his answer. I think the easiest choice is Iowa State. That's kind of a tough question, but I think that's the easiest choice, really. It would be mine too. I think that it's 
it's kind of already a perfect fit. Iowa State already has a very Big Ten-esque feel to their football program. And their basketball team, I know they haven't had the great few years here, but they were, for a long time, it was kind of like the three-point college where every time you watched an Iowa State game, it was they were chucking up 25 three-pointers a game. They were a lot of fun, high-paced kind of game. I mean, Ohio State fans remember we had a couple fun matchups with them, I believe, in the March Madness tournament. I know at least one with the craft shot at the end, but I feel it'd be a perfect fit there. I, I really would be enticed by what the success Kansas basketball would bring, but I can't do basically another Rutgers football team again. I don't know what's going on, but I, I do have, you know, a hypothetical based off this hypothetical, <laughs> which sounds kind of funny. Let's say that the Big 12 kind of just dissolves like this. Does this almost force Notre Dame to join a conference? Yes. And if so, yes. does that Completely. make them a, a lock to the Big Ten, or do you think the ACC is still in play? Man, it's so hard just because they already are basically playing an ACC football schedule, but a lot of people that only pay attention to football don't realize that like, the Notre Dame is already a part of the Big Ten when it comes to hockey. I don't know where they are in like, sports like lacrosse. It's so split down the middle the way they have their athletics right now. Similar to what Texas, are they going to have to get rid of the Longhorn Network to join the SEC? I imagine they will have to. It's kind of a similar basis where NBC in Notre Dame have had that marriage for such a long time. I don't know, maybe if there's a little wiggle room, whichever conference would be willing to allow them to stay on NBC, maybe that could be what pushes them one way or another. I don't know. Casey, do you have any, I guess, initial thoughts on, like he said, his hypothetical of a hypothetical? No, Wally, I, I could have sworn that you were listening to the Common Man and T-Bone episode that I was, because I was, that was exactly what I was going to say because that's what they were talking about and I kind of created my opinion around that. But I do think it kind of forces Notre Dame to join a conference. I don't think they can be the odd man out there. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think so much so much would happen. I think it would be the perfect opportunity for the Power Four conferences to have 20 teams in each and then we can go to a 12-team playoff and we can – I just think it all would work out really well if if that does end up happening and the the Big 12 uh, dissolves here. Where do you think that Baylor and TCU would end up? That, I mean, you would imagine it would have to be Pac-12 or SEC. Yeah, that's what I would imagine too. They're like, like – in my opinion, I think Kansas is kind of a stretch for Big 10. It's kind of a stretch for everybody. It's just kind of in the middle of know. nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I don't know. But let's uh let's pose the question. So if you could cuz I I'm going to say 4 because I have 4 in mind and I know I already told you 3 of them or I think what four teams would you guys want to join the Big 10? If you could pick uh, realistic teams like obviously, you know, LSU isn't leaving the SEC to come to the Big Ten or anything. So you're saying beyond just the Big 12, we're saying four across the board if we could pick four colleges. Yeah, because I think that it's going to be a domino effect in terms of if the Big 12 does diminish. And I think that you know if if the Big 12 diminishes, in my opinion, I think that other schools are, or other conferences are going to have to start looking to match what the Pac-12 or the SEC have in terms of the amount of teams in there now. So they're going to be reaching from the AAC or, you know, Notre Dame or obviously the Big 12. But just interested to see 
hypothetically, if you could pick any four teams to be in the conference, who would they be? I'm trying to go off make sense here. And crazy enough for the Big Ten, I think most of your viable options are in the Big 12. Because, I mean, the only schools I can really make a thought or a case for in, in like the ACC would be potentially like a Boston College because they want to extend that Northeastern market. It wouldn't make sense from like the traditional standpoint of keeping it Midwest. But if they took that avenue of trying to bring Big Ten football to the Northeast, that would make sense. Notre Dame has to be your first one. Talk about the cash cow they would be. But beyond that, so let's say I wouldn't put Boston College. Like for my hopeful, it truly, I think it would be three Big 12 teams joining with Notre Dame, I think you'd have to go West Virginia because, again, that makes sense regionally. I think you'd have a lot of fun rivalries between Penn State and Ohio State there, even though they'd be kind of, you know, like not hardcore rivalries, but you just learn to hate that team. But then beyond that, Iowa State, again, they just seem like a Big Ten team that just happens to be stuck in the Big 12 right now. And then I guess lastly, oh, God, I guess you have to choose or I would be choosing here between Kansas and Kansas State. And, man, that's tough. You bring the basketball pedigree or and then the ineptitude of that Kansas football program. I don't know. I guess I'd say Kansas State. I feel like Kansas State fits Big Ten, I guess, ideals. I'd love to hear if you guys can think of one maybe that I'm completely forgetting because like teams like Virginia Tech would be fun, but why would they leave the ACC right now too? I don't know. If you guys have better lists, I'd love to hear it because those, I guess, would be my four. Iowa State, Kansas State, West Virginia, Notre Dame. Yeah, I I have two teams that you didn't, two schools that you didn't include on your list I think could be viable and could bring a little bit of something to the conference. Maybe I'm way off base here, but I think Notre Dame has to be your first. And then number two, I, I picked Iowa State, okay? Three, what about Missouri? You could bring that Kansas City market into the conference. You know, you you get you're getting a little bit into the South there, a little bit, and then the you know uh, still a Midwestern type place. I I, I think that would be a, a a great pickup. And another team that I think could be interesting, and I don't know if it could work or or what. What about what about Cincinnati? Do you think that they could make make a play in the conference? That's a great one. Yeah, that was my uh, fourth team, kind of my sleeper pick there, Cincinnati. I think it would be nice to get another school in Ohio to join the conference, and really Cincinnati's the only legitimate school, in my opinion, to join the, the Big Ten. I think they'd be competitive. I mean, from a football perspective, they might start out going, you know, four and eight, five and seven, six and six, because, I, I mean, realistically, they're not going to, be as good as what they've been in the past two years, in my opinion. But then basketball, they always seem like they have a solid basketball team. So I think I Cincinnati was one of the four schools that I would have wanted to, along with Notre Dame, Iowa State, and West Virginia. No thoughts, anybody, on Missouri? Missouri's interesting. If you could entice them to get out of that conference, basically say, hey, you know what, you know you're never going to actually compete in the SEC for a football championship, maybe you kind of reel them in, throw them in the Big Ten West. That would be something that they'd be open to. So that would be something I would I would entertain. I just don't know how realistic it is that they'd want to leave the SEC. 
But great points on UC, guys. I completely forgot about that. That seems like a natural fit, too. Well, we'll jump right in now to our Ask CHW questions. We took a little caveat there with this breaking news, so to speak. It'll be well broken by the time you're listening to it. But anyways, Alex Pessel, once again, our guy, he came up with the ID. He wants us to do basically a quick snake draft. He gave us the order of states in the Big Ten. Who knows? Soon we might have West Virginia added to this list the way we're talking right now. But Casey, you're going to get the first pick. Give us a reason why you like this state. It doesn't have to be strictly sports. It can be. Follow your heart. Snake draft order. Casey Hayden me of the 11 states in the Big Ten. Yeah, I'm going with the Big Ten capital, Indiana. I'm going to, you know, I, I think that Purdue, Indiana basketball is obviously humongous. I, I don't think their football is necessarily the um, greatest product that the Big Ten has to offer. But the big thing that really put them over the top for me was having, you know, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium and hosting the Big Ten championship. I, I don't know how you could really argue with that not being the home of the Big Ten. They have two teams in the state and, and host the the biggest game of the conference. That that's a really bad pick. <laughs> My pick, and this is a complete, and maybe I'm having a horrible draft, but my number one on Indiana was number eight on my list. Number one on my list was Illinois, and that is strictly for the city of Chicago. I don't know, Wally, if you've ever been to Chicago, but I love Chicago. It's terrible. Um, we talked about it last week in their lasagna pizza. Whatever. It's it's a great city, and they they jumped heavily up my board, and I'm glad I got them with my first pick. I'm pretty sure that isn't the Big Ten tournament in Chicago? Or it used to be. It used to be. I think it's now okay. at Lucas Oil every year, right? I, I think I it hops, can't remember. I thought it hopped around. But if it's a hey, hey, if it's at Lucas Oil, then you know <laughs> more props to me. Yeah, see, I went literally I almost separated sports teams as much as I could from this, just because if we're drafting just the states, I'm taking all of it. In Indiana, again, I hate that state. Illinois, I can't stand Chicago. I'm stunned to be sitting here looking at this board right now. I thought for sure we would be knocking off quite a few of these, but man, I guess I'm going to have to go with Ohio because first of all, we got all the professional sports teams here. You got multiple in both Cincinnati and in Cleveland. There's so much more to do in this state than people give it credit for. I love the city of Cleveland. I love the city of Columbus. Weather's not bad. I like the Four Seasons thing. That's going to be like everybody on this list, naturally. But I guess maybe just being tied to Ohio so much, it was an easy pick for me here. Then I'm not even... This is this is where it gets hard. I was really hoping that Ohio was taken already because then it left me with PA or Wisconsin. Now I'm stuck trying to figure out, do I go with my home state of Pennsylvania or do I go with Wisconsin? And I'm going to tell you what, I'm going with Wisconsin. They got the NBA champions up there now. You got all the cheese and beer you could want in the entire world. And here's the ultimate kicker. They don't have the city of Philadelphia. So for me, Wisconsin has to be my second pick. Hayne, we're coming back around to you now. Wow, I'm telling you what. I got Ohio and Wisconsin. I don't know how I can lose this draft. Yeah, I'm I'm completely stunned right now because my top two picks, I'm going to end up with my top two picks. 
with a number two pick in a snake draft is unbelievable. My number two was Pennsylvania. And I don't know how you can go wrong. You have two big cities on opposite sides of the of the state. A little country in the middle with the city on the outside makes it a good combo. Plus, they have gas stations with, like, legit food in them. And it's it's amazing. I'm, I'm a Sheets guy. Yes, Sheets you are. Sheets, let's go. My top two picks in the snake draft. Unbelievable. I mean, I don't know. I should be the GM of some NBA team. Casey, you're up in the snake, buddy. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, Let me get uh, Michigan. I'll take Michigan because they have two Big Ten schools that I could, you know, watch them. Watch them. Good college football. Well, maybe not good college football. Good college basketball. Uh, they have the Lakes. They have Windsor pretty close to Detroit. That could be a fun weekend if you wanted to get a little crazy. And then I'm up again, right? Give me, oh my God, Baltimore, Maryland's terrible. Give me New Jersey because I just be able to drive up to New York. It has nothing to do with New Jersey. I just, I, I would live in Hoboken's in New Jersey, right? Right across this, right across the river. Yeah, I'll just drive over to New York City. New Jersey's a really good pick by you there. That's a good pick. And, you know, here I go again. I'm, I'm pulling out the best draft class of all time. I'm going to get three out of my top six picks, which is pretty freaking good. Minnesota is going to be my third pick. Uh, you got the Twin Cities up there. Um, Minnesota. Minnesota. I'm a huge hockey guy, as Wally knows. I'm a huge hockey guy, so that's a big turn on for me. Minnesota. That's a bummer. I really, really thought that they'd be there for me here. What I, oh God, this is tough. Now we're down. This is the beauty, Casey. You're already sitting pretty with your top three. I don't know if you want to take a random state after it all. But yeah, we're down to our three here. So I'm going to end up with two of the three of Nebraska, Iowa, or Maryland. And it's as simple. I Brutal, brutal final three. I'm just stunned that New Jersey was taken. You, Casey out here, you guys have too much respect for the East Coast. I can't stand that state. Whatever. So it, that's kind of another reason why I'm not taking Maryland here. Easy snake for me. I go Iowa-Nebraska. Really could have used Minnesota here, but I'll take Iowa and Nebraska really honing in on that Midwest. I, I literally, this is me. That's who I am. I'm just holding it, holding the fort down for us. But, man, I don't know. Maryland, Baltimore, I can't stand the city, can't stand the Ravens really, which is I think probably part of it. But Nebraska and Iowa, if you can get past the corn, those people have a good time. Love food. Love me some dairy. Love me some beer. It's a common thread. Hayden, I guess you end up with Maryland here, so enjoy that, GM. Yeah, I'm actually, they are not last on my list. So I'm, I'll am i take that. They were number nine, so they weren't great. But I'll give props to Maryland here, okay? I've never been to Baltimore, but friend of the pod, Alex Pessel, is actually moving to Baltimore. I hope this is public information. I'm, I'm fairly certain it is. He's moving to Baltimore uh, to study at the great university, uh, Johns Hopkins. He is a certified genius. They are paying him to go to school there, which is unbelievable. And I'll, I'll definitely have to get down there to visit visit our guy. You know, overall, though, I am 
I easily won this draft, and I there's no way you can change my mind. I Illinois, first of all, you get Chicago. Pennsylvania, you got two huge metro areas. Minnesota, great Twin Cities. And then Maryland, I'm not as high on, but I think I still think they're a solid pick, so come at me. You you get no good you get no good football in Illinois. Where are you gonna go? You're gonna go, gonna go watch, watch Justin Fields up there in Chicago. Yeah, for the eight and eight Bears. Are you gonna go to Evanston and get eight you know, eight and a, one Bears? Oh God, but you're right. You're right. You're gonna go up to Evanston and watch a fourteen to ten Northwestern Wisconsin game in natural grass. Or are you gonna go to Illinois and watch them get blown out by whoever the hell they're playing? I took it more the athletic route. I think. You, know, hey, you picked Indiana, Indiana Michigan, and New team. Jersey. Well, New Jersey was just kind of thrown upon me there, and I had to, to you know, think I, I'm hungry, and I was thinking pizza, New Jersey, right across the street from New York. But yeah, what I mean, Indiana, Purdue basketball, that that's one. I get the what should be one of the better Big Ten games of the year for football. I, apparently, the Lucas Oil has. The Big Ten tournament, the Big Ten basketball tournament. On top of that, you get the Indiana Pacers. You get the Indianapolis Colts. You get Notre Dame if you want to drive up to South Bend. Like I, I think you guys are hating on Indiana a little too much. I hate that state, and I hate the state of New Jersey. I just can't bring myself to do it. I mean, all the power to you. I agree. The pizza's got to be great there, but... You eat that pizza, then you're feeling miserable the rest of the day, remembering that you live in the state of New Jersey. Actually, I'm looking at Wally's Wally's uh, list here. Your top two are are really really good, really good. But you get to Iowa, and that's when you fall off. Like if we were playing head to head, it'd be my Minnesota versus your Iowa, and Minnesota takes that battle all day long. It doesn't matter. Maryland Nebraska can be a tie, but Minnesota beats Iowa. And then we we at least split the first two, so I come out one game ahead. I I don't know. I'm not feeling it like that. Just because, first of all, I agree with Minnesota Iowa. I had Minnesota was one of my higher states here, but I wasn't far behind. Iowa State Fair, banana lands. It's if you're into state fairs and like real state fairs, like Ohio, the one in Columbus, it's nice, but it's really not the same as like when you get to the like Midwest with like corn everywhere. Then it's a different ball game. I mean, the Wisconsin State Fair, we take vacations up there. So, I don't know. I love my first two. Again, I feel bad, Casey, that we don't have a 12th state. But, you know, we'll throw in West Virginia or Kansas. He can take the adoptive future team here. So, there you go. You can have one of them there, buddy. Yeah, no, thank you. You're like, I'm good with three, actually. I think that Wally and I can both agree that both of our teams would whoop Casey's list, like, to pieces. It wouldn't even be close. It, it it depends on what you're looking for. Wally's not a big city guy. You're a big city guy. So that's why you went with Illinois, took Chicago for no for no athletic reason. I, I was basing mine on athletics and my ability to see quality football and basketball games. My third pick, Minnesota, would be all three of yours. It would be all three of yours. It's better than all three of how, your picks combined. How? I, I, Explain to me how it's better than Indiana. Wally, you're out of this because you just hate Indiana. First of all, you have get, you ever 
you've made the make the drive from Columbus to Indianapolis. It is the most boring drive of your entire life. You want to stab your eyes out. And Minnesota has Minneapolis and St. Paul, like right next to each other, two big cities. Fantastic. Plus, they're right there. All you got some lake view. Hockey. I'm a huge hockey guy. Huge hockey guy. Huh. You're banking off. You're banking off Indianapolis in 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 watching Ohio State win a Big Ten title every year. That's what you're banking on. You can't forget about Notre Dame and the Big Ten tournament and the Colts and the Pacers. Like, come on now. Indiana's not as terrible as what you guys think. And then Michigan. I mean, they got the Tigers, Red Wings, Michigan, Michigan State. I, I'm busy in in both of those states. I haven't heard one good team out of those four. Michigan was your best pick for me by far. I feel like that would be an actual really nice place to live. Now, you talk about driving from Columbus to Indianapolis, Hayden. That's only half the freaking drive through Indiana. Try driving from, like, Cleveland. Take the high I-80 route. Go across to Gary, Indiana on the way to Chicago. That'll have you questioning your existence that entire time. I told you last week. They had one radio station. I've done it. I've done it. They were teaching me how to floss. That was like the whole like appeal. Like, oh, yeah, let me turn on the radio. Oh, what do we got? Well, nothing, nothing, nothing. 88.7 or something. Hey, you know what? This is how you're going to want to floss. You're really going to want to get back by the molars. Like, no, come on. I don't know what the hell your problem is, but I have serious radio, so I have that baby everywhere. Yeah, I'm a little jealous. I, that was back before I had serious. Just the antenna on the car. That's all I had, but... Anyways, that's fun. That was a fun little section there. Appreciate it again, Alex. You have had some great ones here, so keep them coming, buddy. And then hope Alex, you are the best, dude. Like, that's why you're a certified genius. You come up with the best ideas. He really is, and who knows? Maybe we can take a trip down there and possibly stop at College Park and see a Maryland game at some point. But that's going to bring us to the end of another episode of Pigskins and Nylon. We'll be back next week on July 30th. We'll check back in on the recruiting trail, and we'll also have a new edition and one of our last editions before the season of our Big Ten Big Five. Make sure you submit your Ask CHW questions like Alex by tweeting at us with the hashtag AskCHW. We'll also accept those questions tagged to us on Facebook or Instagram. Make sure to give us a follow there on Twitter at P&NPod, Facebook at P&NPod, and Instagram also at P&NPod. Otherwise, fellas, do we have any final thoughts today? You know, I, I am the champion. My final thought. <laughs> God bless it. Go ahead, Casey. Hayden's been lagging this entire time, so it is really hard that to see him on the screen, not talking, and then all of a sudden he's on the clean feed and he's in my ears. So, um, anyway, I, I'm, I'm just I'm dumbfounded that you guys – hated on Indiana so much. I thought I would impress you with that pick, but I I guess I was wrong. There's always next time, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that was a horrible pick and I'm glad to uh come out tonight and announce my victory. Uh Battle of the States is what I'm going to call it. My my team uh my states definitely would win. That should be a Twitter poll. Put that up on Twitter cuz uh Chicago takes the cake.
Yeah, no, it definitely doesn't. And I hope you enjoy your UCF national title banner up there about winning states. It will be a Twitter poll, so make sure you guys go out and vote for it. We'll announce who won this next week, which shouldn't be hard to figure out. It's not going to be Casey, as Indiana was his first overall pick. <laughs> but otherwise, my final thought for it, only for me, I guess, this news was... It's like drafting Kwame Brown number one overall. <laughs> I would make a Jamarcus Russell joke, but I'm not what emotionally stable enough to do that even at this point but yeah no the only thing I got right now is just I'm really going to be honed in on this Texas Oklahoma stuff that could be huge not only for the Big 12 and the SEC but like we were saying before this really could trickle into the rest of college football so just keep your eye on that but otherwise that's it for me guys see ya peace Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you back here next week on Thursday for episode 14 of Pigskins and Nylon.